Thank you so much for joining us today for the Northgate Review Podcast, where we take a look at the sermons that were given in our Sunday services. Today, me and PLD have a lot of fun, so thank you for joining us, and let's go. Got to go an hour Let's go of to this. The spiritual gym. <clears throat> Northgate review. We're back, baby. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Here you we go. You actually tried to throw it on the air horn this weekend. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah. Did you hear? And one of the services I thought I heard when I said, "Man, there's so much water. I'm gonna slip off the stage." I thought I heard an old woman go, "No!" <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I stopped. And I was like, "I'm, I'm okay. I was just joking." Mm, that's very kind. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, sweet. yeah. Well, you know, I was showing so much ankle this Sunday that. Yeah. They didn't want me to get hurt. Okay, Kurt. Here we go. Come on. We're back, baby. Wait. Kurt and PLD. Yeah. Podcasting it up. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt just told me that a lot of people were starting to refer to him as Kurt. And gotta, it's kind of freaking yeah. him out. I got an email to Kurt. He said it's meaningless to him. It is meaningless to me. That's why it's frustrating to him because it literally has no meaning. <laughs> well, it just, it's it just, didn't come from anywhere. You just threw out, like, it could have been any word. PLD comes from the heart. Kind of like, like Flugenberg or whatever we did last week. <laughs> no, we're not going there again. <laughs> I've had comments about that. What so. was those comments? No, it was just one comment. He thought it was funny. <laughs> oh, and that made you upset? Yeah, I didn't like it. Come on, you big baby. Yeah, I'm a baby. Kurt. PLD means something. Pastor Larry Davis. That is beautiful. It's a it's a term of endearment. Kurt was you just sitting here thinking to yourself, what's a random name I can throw out right now? Because <laughs> nothing else has worked. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> and of course, that's the one that works. Yeah. It's I really did... my wife's fault when we look at this. Okay. Because you would have abandoned it. But because she texted Actually, this me, is true. She, you just threw it out and you didn't think anything of it. Yeah. And then she called me that later on and I told you and we laughed about it. And then you thought, okay, then we'll keep this one going. Yeah. I got some uh, a few other comments about the podcast last week. Some people were, um, they just felt a little disgusted and uh, thought that, that was rude that I was spitting on my hand and wiping on my kiss. Yeah, that was disgusting. Yeah. And then this weekend, I talk about spit again. They're like, what is your deal right now, bro? I listened to the 830, so I don't know what the other two are like, but you made that spit noise probably no, that 20 was like the mu- times. <laughs> I, no, I know. You did that like I 20 did, I did times. it too many. I didn't do it that much <laughs> after that because people literally, were, I like had five comments, and especially from the production team, they're like, hey, um, you a little overdid that one. Can you not anymore? That'd be great. Poor like, Ron. Okay. <laughs> like, I wasn't naming names, but maybe. <laughs> I don't know how to mix that sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also had a comment that somebody told me they wasted 45 minutes of their life listening to the podcast. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, 100%. Oh, I love that. That is amazing. <laughs> Shout out to you giving me round two. Hey, give me three weeks and let's talk about it. That is so great. I love that. <laughs> it's so true. Man, what a great yeah. what a great use of your time. No doubt. For, I got somebody to listen for the first time this week, and they went back and listened to quite a few. Really? Yeah, so, you know, both sides of the scale here. It's a spectrum. You know what? Either side. We do appreciate the feedback. Give yeah. us some feedback, and let's start incorporating some stuff. 100%. I, I cannot say, though, I'm not going to talk about spit today. <sighs> yeah, you will. Sorry. You yeah, will. I, I know. I got that feedback. <laughs> Oh, don't. And uh, sorry, it was just the water. <laughs> and, I will say how proud I am of you that you did not, for the first time in multiple weeks, refer to something as cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Cuckoo for cocoa puffs. 
I I was talking to Megan today, and she used that that was banana muffins to describe something as crazy. And I said I should say something kind of like that. Then if if Larry's got cuckoo for cocoa puffs, mm. I should try another one. That's banana bread, you know. We'll just make something up. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. It doesn't for me. feel right. No, I'm not I, there uh, yet. We'll we'll lean into a bit more chicanery, some tomfoolery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a good day, man. Baptized eleven people. Yeah, that was awesome. That was really cool. Uh, I always, always love good baptisms. Always love a good baptism. Yeah, man, those are mm-hmm. so fun. Yeah, great message. I love when you tell stories. Those are my favorite. Favorite. Yeah, I love stories from you. Story time with PLD. That's really kind. Yeah, no, it really, I love stories with you. That's why the Christmas message, that's what, I guarantee that's what most people remember from Christmas, was your story about the picture that you had. <laughs> You're just then, a great storyteller, Then man. what would be the, the part this weekend that you'd remember? The whole thing was a story. I'm going to remember the whole time of this You're man. You're going to remember the whole thing. The whole thing, man, from, well, maybe not the points you had about the story. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, if you remember Bible, then I'm hey, all in. We, we just won right there. Yeah, dude. That Go was ahead. A great what, what was the thing? What was the thing that stuck out to you? Uh... There were, there were a few things that stuck out to me. Okay. One of them we're going to talk about here on the podcast. We'll talk about all of them on the podcast, but this one yeah, was the we thing We are currently you making the podcast. <laughs> one of them you teased out on in your message at the end, which is yeah. why, hey, if you're a new listener here, because Larry said something about eyeballs in the sermon. I didn't say eyeballs in all the other services. Oh. I just said how I started doing it was, when was the last time God stuck his finger in the dirt? Love it. So did something. if you're new here because of that comment, then welcome. This is what it's all about. Yeah, here we go. We're going to unpack it a little bit, go a little maybe deeper, ask some questions of each other. Mm. and um, I don't know, look for some continued application maybe this week. I, I really appreciated that. I felt like I had a lot of conversations with people that they did do their homework. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like you could, you definitely knew that not everyone did. The nice part is, Hey, if you're listening to this, you can listen to the gospel yeah. throughout the week. And if you haven't done that piece of homework, um, dead serious. And I know John even was explaining some of the stuff that he was reading through himself mm-hmm. and what he was Mark. noticing. Yeah. But looking through that lens is like a really beautiful, healthy way mm-hmm. um, to, to read rather than just being like, Oh, it's a story. It's a narrative. But you know, like we forget sometimes when we're reading the Bible, everything that we typically read is for information. Yeah. We do read to learn, which is, why we're reading it. Otherwise we wouldn't be reading it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so often I think we just don't read the scriptures is because we just don't know what to read to yeah. learn for. Yeah. We've heard it, we've read it and it's like, nothing's new in there. But if we can create some new ways um, to start reading for information, to gain knowledge about something, I think it like m- so much fruit can come out of that. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that even fluctuates in the like life stage or season that you're in because you yeah. start picking up and hearing things that you're learning about God the Father from yep. the Son and the story of Jesus that now all of a sudden seems seems like tangible or like very explicit to your circumstances. Mm. Yeah. Because I, you're identifying with something I different. I totally agree. That's how I've seen different books that I've read in different seasons. Which yeah. um you went through Mark. I went right? through Mark. I'm gonna do a different one this week. I I don't know which one yet, but yeah. Um I read Mark last week and noticed some different stuff. What was the biggest thing that you that was sticking out to you? And this doesn't have to do with the last weekend, but still the whole yeah. overall idea. This yeah. is definitely for the homework. What I noticed about uh, God the Father from uh, from the Son. So there were different things. I don't hold true 
I don't know if this is actually true or this is something that I'm going to claim as like, oh, this is absolutely true. This is who God the Father is. You're chewing on it. This is what I'm chewing on. And uh, it's a, actually, it came out of a question that I've had for the longest time. If you'll notice in most of, the, in most of these stories, in all four Gospels, when Jesus heals somebody, he kind of says like, okay, hey, let's keep this between us. Don't go tell anybody about this. He says it a few times, and I've always wondered what that means. So from that, I've as I read through Mark, and Mark starts off really heavy with a lot of healings and casting out unclean spirits, and uh, groups are starting to form. Mm -hmm. And I just started realizing that, you know, when you read something all the way through, you're not picking out one story, and you kind of overlook certain details. When you see them, you read the whole thing, you start to notice, oh, this is happening in multiple stories. And I was wondering, like, okay, what is God the Father saying then about why... He's telling, why is Jesus telling people, hey, let's keep this between us? And of course, the people never do. They go spread the word. So one of the things I thought about, I'm just chewing on it, just a thought, uh, is maybe God the Father wants us to understand who he is from Jesus and the, the life they live. Maybe he wants us to experience that for ourselves, not necessarily somebody else's miracle, not somebody else's testimony, but it needs to be our own mm -hmm. with him. But there's so much truth in community and why you need other people. So I'm chewing on it. It's interesting to me. Do you think maybe that... Um it was almost kind of like the mind game of the opposite effect. <laughs> like, uh, um, what is, what's that word? It's uh, reverse psychology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit of that. I mean, because where do you think all these crowds came from? It was yeah. typically... Oh, they ran their mouths, like, Oh, man. this happened to me. You know, like, <clears throat> I mean, for years, I know that the disciples did a bunch of work um, to when Jesus fed, you know, the the... the infamous story of jesus feeding the five thousand nobody talks about the four thousand either like he did that twice mm -hmm. <laughs> no yeah. one talks about feeding the, the infamous story of jesus feeding thousands of people multiple times <laughs> um and uh that same region and area so this is a historical thing right here we go yeah um it was soon after he casted out the demons and mm -hmm. healed the crazy naked man mm-hmm that had the legion yeah. of went demons into the in the pigs. Them. Yes, sent them in the pigs, then went into the water. <laughs> the the <was> water. <laughs> Sorry, that was my African. Wata. <laughs> You're welcome for that. Don't put your hand in your face. Flugel horn. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. You're not allowed to talk about that. I forgot. Um, so, anyways, that guy was of his right mind and mm. then, you know, has to somehow integrate himself back into a community that mm. had locked him into the cemetery. Scars all over his body from when he was, you know, cutting himself, like wow. it talked about with stones and rocks and all these things. Well, that just became his transformation story because then it said he was dressed in of the right mind at his feet. Now, he's, Jesus said, you can't come with me. You need to stay here. Well, now he's back in this community. Man, I think he brought his recovery group there. Mm. I think if you looked at that scene, I've always had this in my yeah. own mental image, you know, whether how true it is or not, but that was that was shortly after that was when this large crowd showed up right around his region. Well, yeah. he was a testimony of who Jesus was and the healing that he was capable of. That was not able to be kept quiet. Yeah. Most of the city ran out just to see what the heck happened because there was a bunch of, you know, all the swine were floating around. Mm. I mean, that was like a news camera yeah. situation of like breaking news. This is a catastrophic event. What's taking place? And then they're seeing chained up naked cemetery guy hanging out with Jesus. And then they kicked him off. They told him to yeah. get out of there. Yeah. So the next time he comes around, I think it got around. And so, um, the with the whole, yeah. And with the whole, like, don't tell anybody, you know, maybe some reverse psychology or, yeah, I don't know. I'm chewing on it. I noticed two other things too. One of them maybe we it talked was too, about like a don't tell anybody because it's not just a 
like a like I'm not like just a, a, a ATM machine. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, that's what you reference in the message a little bit, and that was one of the things I had noticed as well. As well, was that it's like it's a hospital, man. Like all of the crowds in Mark are are sick people just coming and flocking. Yeah. In the beginning of it is the woman who had the bleeding and she touched the his robe. Mark. Yeah, she yeah. Uh, touched his robe, and then towards the middle of Mark is it said that there was a crowd that was just reaching out, touching. It was almost right. like she said, all I did was touch his robe, and then yeah. later on... Or a on, bunch of people just saw it because yeah. he stopped and said, who touched me? Exactly. And then I, I'd never noticed that before. Later on in that in the book of Mark, there's a passage where uh, this crowd, and it was just people coming for healing that would even just touch the robe for healing from him. And I, I was like, we only talk about the one woman doing it. There's a whole crowd of people just trying to grab at him. Right. And then the other thing I noticed was just... The spiritual realm in the book of Mark, there is so much talk of him casting out unclean spirits and and just what I'm, – I'm personally trying to understand the spiritual realm and warfare, what it looks like for us yeah. today. And that one stood out to me more than anything was just – And that's when we so that? often push off. Yeah, we don't talk about that as much. Mm-hmm. We kind of talk about Legion. Uh, we kind of talk about a couple of other no, ones. No, just spiritual warfare altogether. Oh, oh, absolutely. Just, we don't talk about that. We'll watch scary movies though and talk about that. Which I I'm in the right now. I've already talked about this. I'm in the like, man, how badly has that warped our view of what demonic possession is or exorcism or just spirituality in general? Like yeah. the the evil in that. Anyway, that has nothing to do with your message today, but well, it then was you something have, that was interesting so to me. So, one of the things I was going to share about and just timing happened with this message was the whole idea of um you know, mercy extends beyond theology. Oh, that was my favorite point. I'm glad you and, went there. But hold on. Then I then I followed it up with, you know, personal interest of people. And that was one at a time. And there was contact a lot of times. But there was one specific person that it wasn't. And it was both mercy beyond the theological piece. And it was also a personal interest in something. And it was the Roman centurion hmm. who came. And he didn't bring his servant who was very sick. And he said, hey, I need you to help him. And then Jesus basically said, well, bring him here. And he said, "Uh uh-uh, I know you can do this. Mm. You know he doesn't need to be here. You can do what you want. I know who you are. And that's when he said, I have never seen a greater faith than this. And heal him. Didn't touch him. Didn't see him. But based on his faith, that was mercy beyond the theological constructs that they were living in because of the society things and this is a you know a person of stature and affluence and influence um being a robin centurion Mm. and um still caring for that individual personally and individually because someone else cared personally there's a believed in faith yeah it was the faith god cared these the faith unlike anything he'd ever seen there's another healing that's what he said he was blown away i've never seen faith like this ever before now you just like with the woman with that gave the mites you know it was like i've never seen generosity like this before it always be fun to look through and be like what what like blows god's mind when you want to go like (laughs) what does god care about like what is he just astonished about he's just knocked back by that we do that's like a beautiful, it almost gives you like the goosebumps. Just to, you Now I got to like, go back. I remember one in Mark where it says that he marveled at this. But yeah. I can't remember what it was. Can we I just go like back highlight that yeah. stuff? That might just be beautiful just to be like, even when it comes to the conversation of like, what's God's will, right? Hmm. What's God's will and purpose for my life? Just go and look at what he's just in awe at his creation. Hmm. The creator is over or just like sees as important and beautiful. And we're like, man, that's just another day. Like yeah. that's nothing like, you know, I work hard and I try hard. Cause that's, that's what it's full of. All these stories yeah. is 
us trying to attain and to become closer or even like the stories you were talking about to show up just to touch, you mm. know, just to be close. But well, that kind of faith, I mean, the, like he said later on in, in the book of Mark, he was talking to the disciples. We all know that passage. If you have faith that doesn't waver, that you can move a mountain. If you don't waver on it, yeah, you're going to move faith a mountain. faith of a mustard seed. Yeah. And then there's earlier on, oh, I've always loved this passage where the man comes with the sick daughter and the daughter's still at home. And he says, the pastor's you, wife, uh, yeah. uh, the pastor's daughter. Yeah. He says, can you heal her? And he says, well, do you believe? Yeah, she'll be healed. He goes, I believe, but help my unbelief. He was like, I really want that phrase. is just stuck. Like I do. I really want to believe. I really believe God. However, <laughs> there are some doubts. Help yeah. my unbelief. Help this part that I still can't muster up inside of me to believe fully. And I mean, of course, Jesus goes and heals the girl. I, man, I love that passage. Wait, is this yeah. the one where he heals the girl or he raises the girl from the dead? Raised her from the dead. Yeah, she yeah. was sick at that, that point, was... but he got there too late, apparently. Well, no, yeah, that was so that was right after the scene of... It's so crazy here. So here's how it connects. Here's your so timeline. Many stories right now. I love it. Right. Here's your timeline. You go from crazy naked guy. He has to get back in the boat. He lands on the other side. Everyone else realizes he's there, so they're meeting him on the shore. <laughs> so he starts walking on the shore... The, the bleeding woman comes and touches the hem of his garment while he's on his way because they've already come to him and says, will you come and help this daughter? She's so sick. He's on his way there, gets stuck in the crowd, mm. touches it, then sends word she didn't make it. So they show up while he's there saying, Jesus, don't worry. You don't need to come anymore. Even though you're on your way here, yeah. she's dead. And then he went, no, I'm still going to head that way. Got there, and then she was dead, and then just took on John. And... um. I think Peter mm -hmm. into the room. Lifted her up, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I, so I could. Many. I could. Uh, I've told that story. I could paint a. To sit in that moment, I could. I could take you into those. Moments. I could take you in that. I mean, just think about the after moment since you spoke of the woman who touched the hymn. The like ramifications in the. I mean, like this is a woman who couldn't do anything and was socially outcast for years. And we talked about that a little bit with the synagogue mm -hmm. situation. Like. She couldn't even like walk in those streets hmm. and be around those people. I mean, it was really wrong completely what they did, which is why they freaked out. And then yeah. freaked out because now Jesus, this rabbi, is now considered unclean because an unclean person hmm. touched him. I yeah. mean, I'm surprised she didn't get jumped by the disciples like, yeah. right then. But later on that night, like I can imagine like just like a pitter patter around that area of like her sitting places and like jump roping. I don't even know. And doing it, going over and sitting next to the fountain mm. because she hasn't gotten to go do that before. Yeah, the things that she couldn't do. Couldn't because, do yeah. socially or couldn't be or yeah. couldn't sit or couldn't go into or couldn't walk it. And like the the like the illumination of her spirit mm. after, you know, over a decade yeah. of outcast. And and it was the people that then suddenly no one noticed, and he noticed, and that's what God cares about. You start learning yeah. those types of things, too. I mean, that's is, exactly what we learned. Yep, that's where we, we were today. We could have talked about that in that story of, like, what do we learn about God? So many different stories. Oh, that's what this, I said. There was a this, dozen yeah. just from this weekend. What do we learn about God? Yeah. Oh, we learned that he sees people who aren't seen anymore because yeah. it's just become, like, the person we walk by. Yeah. You know, the person that we're like, isn't that the person who used to beg? We can't even realize because we just don't even see him anymore. Man, and at the end of it, even the step further, at the end of the story, which I had never noticed before, you, you talked about it in your office like on Thursday with me, when he 
he's already healed him. He left. You made the joke. The guy couldn't see him. Like, where'd he go? Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> why would I be able to see him? <laughs> right, right. And then at the end, when the Pharisees throw him out and Jesus goes and finds him again, he's already healed him. He's yeah. coming back around to find someone. He's been healed. Now he's not even supposed to be outcast anymore. He's a normal person, and the Pharisees still threw him out. I also love the sarcasm of him in talking to the Pharisees. Like, oh, you want to you want to be followers? <laughs> Do you want to be his disciples too? <laughs> oh, I love that. The part. Meeting all these people are so interesting. That's been one of my favorite parts of the Gospels because I just I love when there's humor that shows up that you understand in the it's Bible. It's one of the funniest yeah. stories there is because it's like. Would where did he go? Oh my gosh! Do you think I saw where he went? Yeah. Come on. Well, that was why I inserted some of that too. Like he's just got to be staring at me and being like, "Whoa, I can see what you look like." This is weird. Yeah. And the whole idea of like you look completely different than you sounded. <laughs> you were you. That one's ugly. Yep. I, oh, I understand what ugly people are. All right. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you talked about uh, the idea. You tease this out. So when, when when Jesus heals this man, he spits in the sand or the dirt, whatever. He makes mud, puts the mud on his eyes, and then commands him to go wash it off. And that was the actual act of him healing this individual. And you talked about one of the theories, one of the things that you thought would be so cool, just something you, you've chewed on for who knows how long. Before you get there, hold on. Let me just help oh, you Oh, I need this. to get that word going. someone, yeah, you do. Um, cause someone asked me this question. Um, was it in regards to, it was in regards to the rest of the, the passage. So I ended on with verse 37 and 38, which was Jesus said, you've now seen him. In fact, he's the one speaking to you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Then verse, um, 39 takes place. Right. And so someone said, I would love to know what you have to say about verse 39. 39 then says, Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who um, will become blind and those who see will become blind. Right. Mm -hmm. My quick part of that is that is not in most manuscripts, original manuscripts. So here's a quick education for people who just want to understand. There are things in the New Testament. Usually you can find it online or like if you yeah. have the U version or Bible Latch or even a good Bible. It'll will have, have like, like little a, notes on it. Yeah. It'll be like parenthetically or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it will tell you in original or older transcripts, this is not found, but it'll still include stuff. So like in Mark, you read Mark, pretty much the whole last chapter hmm. isn't even in most. And most theologians would argue and say, yeah, that's not a part of the book and because of the way it contradicts different things and other parts, there's the, it gets like most things you dig in further. It's a little more complicated, but there's clarity there. So that's like an easy answer for people who are going, Oh man, this was so beautiful. And you know, he believed and he worshiped and all of a sudden it was like, I've come into this world to judge people that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, what? Where did nice Jesus yeah. go? So then it jumps back in with is in manuscripts is some of the Pharisees who uh, were with him, heard him say this and asked, what are we blind to? And Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see your guilt remains. Dun, dun, dun. <sighs> All right. Anyways, 
that, that's some, those types of things we can go into later. And a lot of those are like individual conversations, yeah. which is really fruitful and fun. If you have those, maybe that's a conversation that happens in your community group. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait a minute. He stopped there. And then it gets weird. Why didn't we talk about the weird part? Yeah, you skipped a weird verse, too, at the beginning. No. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember you reading it. It was, uh, it's daytime, and the night is coming when no one can see. No. Yeah, man. Let's see. I think it's like verse four or five or something. I remember reading it. Okay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, one. That one threw me off. I I thought about that one for a while too. It was his answer to neither his mm-hmm. man or his parents had sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Then verse four. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Mm. Let's just say for those of you who talk about these types of things all the time, and I'm smart enough to understand what you're saying, he's basically saying winter is coming. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all we're going to say. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who have those types of conversations all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I was reading along I, and I, I saw I could have kept that one in there. I just wanted to keep the narrative yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. had a lot it's, of verses. Yeah, yeah. It's still, it's still, I think it's still a killer answer. He's saying is, hey, the work's short. Like, let's do, like, there's things that need to happen. People need to know and understand who God the Father is. Mm-hmm. And there's nighttime coming. Like, this is going to end. Yeah. We only have so much time. So while I'm here, I'm in the light. I'm, I'm the representative of who God mm-hmm. is. So this is what he cares about. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so back to... What I said, we would do. Um, okay, so this is uh, this has been through my own time. Whether or not you want to land here and believe this or not is totally up to you. Um, but I try to look at these things with perspective, and where can I gain new perspective? So it caught my attention. Are you just wanting to play that now? I we don't know how to say this disorder. <laughs> okay, so but we're referring to anosmia. Okay, of yeah, so <laughs> spell it out. Uh, for those of you who want to do your own Google research, uh, the word is spelled A-N-O-P-H-T-H-A-L-M-I-A. Surprising, we couldn't say it. And it's pronounced like? It's pronounced. Oh, hold on. You got you got me off guard. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. Here phone. it comes. It's pronounced like everybody knows is. Anastomia. Of course. <laughs> that, that's usually how I say it, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anastomia. Yes, that one. <laughs> So there's people that are born with a disease called um Anastomia. Yeah. That one. <laughs> really rare <laughs> really rare disease. Okay, so here's the deal. So I like sat in this passage for a while and just trying to gain new perspective. I love this passage. I love what it tells about who God is. I think that it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um and so I like humor and it's just great because I think a lot of times when we read the Bible we forget that these are real people. Yeah. Right? Like these things really happen. So you have to picture these scenes. So I started finding it fascinating that he saw the man blind from birth. Okay, blind from birth. But then he continually asked um, about who opened his eyes. So after asking the, the disciples saying, who sinned, whose fault is this? And he's saying, hey, this is, I'm going to work through this. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to work through this. After saying that, he spit on the ground. He made some mud with the saliva and then put it on the man's eyes and told him to go and wash. So when he came home, his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? 
that immediately stood out to me as confusing of why would you be asking about someone you think you know, but you're not sure if yeah. you know, and they're his neighbors, it hmm. said. So then some claimed that he was, and others said, no, he only looks like him. So what drastically changed so much about his appearance that people then suddenly were confused on whether that was Frank or not still? Frank is his name, though. Sure. Yeah. That's just the one we're going to It's a very common Jewish name. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, Frank Shalom, Frank. Frank. <laughs> uh, so they're like, so then it said that, uh, isn't the man that used to sit back? So the, then him, he himself insisted, I am the man. So then they asked, how were your eyes opened? Ooh, bum, right? bum, bum. Then he replied to the man, they called the man Jesus, put eyes, told me to go. And then I could see, where is the man? I don't know. Then they brought him to him. And then now the Pharisees get really confused and they keep saying to him, what happened? So he tells them the same story. So then they asked him again, how can a sinner perform such signs? We're so divided. They turned to the blind man again. What do you say have to say about him? It was your eyes who were opened. So they still didn't believe that he had received this sight until they sent for the man's parents. And they said, is this your son? Is this the one you say was born blind? And how is it now that he can see? And then they said, we know that it's our son. And we know that he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes we don't know ask him so then later on they asked him again who opened your eyes how were your eyes opened and he said i don't know i couldn't see before but now i see i was blind now i see the famous verse so all this stuff about opening eyes and it was so confusing that this just didn't seem like a blind man that received sight because if you were blind theoretically john Mm-hmm. And suddenly you could see, you would probably be letting me know, but I don't see your appearance necessarily changing other than maybe like your eyes tracking, mm. right? Certain things. So if he came back and people were like, oh, hey, and he was like, you know, asking about something that they had, like, wow, did you see the beautiful sky today? It is so beautiful. I've never seen that before. They wouldn't be like, aren't you the guy who used to beg and now is talking about the sky? Right? Great voice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you the guy that used to beg? This is nuts. <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> hey, everybody. Come over here. And Plug in the Frank. Plush Clan again. For Frank. those of you who haven't seen the Plush Clan, Man, check it out on up. YouTube. Shut up. I'm jacking your face. It's the Muppets without a budget. <laughs> That's what you said this weekend. That was your line. In it. I know. It came to me. I like huh? that one. Anyway, plush clan find on YouTube. Go so, back over there. So, so, or they'd be like, "How many fingers am I hold up? One or two? And he's like, "Oh, yeah, this is a tough game." Mm. <laughs> so, this is if he's normal blonde, or you know, just yeah. I mean, if you just think about, it, I mean, just common yeah. sense to me, like doing if I was some just vision test. If I was just gonna sit there and try to, it's kind of the meditative stuff. Let me just go pick a rock to sit in, sit on, and watch this scene unfold. And if I was gonna sit there and watch this scene unfold. Why would we be freaking out and mm. arguing about who he is and then him having to defend himself? Yeah. No, I Guys, am I'm Frank. the guy, yeah. I'm the guy that <laughs> sat there every day and begged, I know. Well, why would you need to know that unless you looked drastically different, like your eyes had actually been opened? Now, there is this rare disease that we started talking about that people are still born with to this day called... Anastomia. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to clear my it's throat. It's a syndrome and a rare disorder, and it's an abnormal development of the eyes and other parts of the body, but specifically where usually you're born without eyeballs. 
So realistically, it just looks like you have closed eyes that are slightly indented. You can find pictures of this on the internet, right? Yeah, do a quick search for... Anophthalmia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try anophthalmia. Anophthalmia. So here's yeah. my... Here's my thing about what I feel like I could learn in perspective from God, right? The last time that we really hear God sticking his finger in the dirt and doing something with it, he breathed life and created human life Hmm. out of dirt, which we return to. He now, God the Father, we're learning about who he is as a creator from Jesus the Son. As Jesus the Son spits in the mud and stirs up the dirt and takes it and places it. And I think potentially, I think it's a really beautiful part of the story to me, put the mud on his eyes and his face and literally created Hmm. eyeballs. Blue ones. No, that's just me. That's blue (laughs) blue ones. Yes. Cause I'm sure a lot of Jewish men had blue eyes as God, the creator. And then when he came back, from washing off at the pool and all of a sudden they're mm. seeing him with his eyes open and he has eyeballs. Mm. They're going, who is that? Yeah. That did, that's impossible. There's no way that could happen. And that's why they called on his parents. Isn't this your kid? Isn't, yeah. wasn't he born blind? Yeah, he was, but we have no idea how his eyes were opened. It's hmm. great. <laughs> Mind yeah. blowing to me. Beautiful. The creator creates. It's just one other thing. Go ahead. You give me some feedback. No, I totally. I introduced uh, you that idea like slightly last week. Yeah. I mean, nope. I don't have a whole lot more to yeah. tease out on that specific idea, but just I think it expands when we can start looking at scripture and be like, what else is here for us to chew on or to eat? Yeah. Or we can sit there, and what else can we learn about God the Father? About He's a Creator, yeah. and like all there's there you can go into so many more different things. But yeah. go ahead. No, I totally agree. I mean, it doesn't change anything about the story in theory. It adds some beauty to it. You know, we can't know that this side of, you know, eternity, this side of our lives. Sure, and it's not a deal breaker. No, it's not a deal breaker. If God anything, still. If anything, <laughs> I think it just makes it more rad. Like it's a yeah, cooler it's cooler. Story. I was, uh, I was reading or not reading. I was listening to a podcast, a sermon, uh, this Friday, and it was a guy kind of giving the vision statement for his church, which they are to partner with Jesus' work and making all things new. But he talks about um, that in uh, the translation of that, making all things new, uh, there's two ways to look at that. It's brand new, like creating something brand new. Like out of nothing. Out of nothing. And then there's also the restoration of something. So when you look at, um, you could look at the the sanctification, salvation of an individual. Uh, When God makes us new, he is taking the sinner and restoring us to what he originally created us to. Or you could mm-hmm. choose to look at that as he's going to make something brand new out of your life, something that you've never even, he's not just redeeming your marriage. Like he, maybe you're a single individual or you've been divorced. God's going to create something. It doesn't have to be marriage. But um, so I, I was thinking through this because like, like you said, you, you talked about it on, on Thursday with me. I was like, man, would that would be, one of those really cool things where he's creating something brand new in something that is a re- it's restoring something, but yet it's also bringing something brand new into this situation. But it is, yeah. And it's like let's let's even talk about Which that. Is, is why he was like, all I know is this. Yeah. I was blind, but I let's can see. Let's not get hung up on how. Let's just talk about I can see. Well, yeah, when he was just like, I just want to be able to talk about how I can yeah, see. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Okay, so we didn't touch on this real quick. We can. I think we're running short on time. 
Well, we want to keep these things, you know. Well, we're at 36 minutes right now. Okay. Lunch break style. Um, you, I started to mention um, mercy mm, and forming the, a theology. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I've already talked about it over lunch today, man. That point was great. Yeah, you talk to me about that now. I don't need to be the main speaker. Oh, I know. It was beautiful. Okay. <laughs> That's all I really have on it. No, you said uh, our, our, our mercy. Mercy must thump, trump theology. Like it's our, our mercy should inform our theology. Ooh. So often. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward noises from John. So often. That was a Kurt move. <laughs> well, I find that as we talk about mercy. This is really good, Kurt guys. just feels like a nerdy guy to me. <laughs> so if you want me to find a Kurt voice, I can do that as well. Okay, guys. When our theology becomes an obstacle to your mercy, change your theology for sure. <laughs> One of the lines I read a while ago, and I've always loved it, is uh, my co- my theology is changing weekly, and I've mm. always loved the beauty of that. and And I say that, but also say I don't mean what I believe about salvation. I believe Jesus, you know, lived as a man. He was God. He came. He died. Three days in the grave. Rose from the grave. Yeah, major the major. I, I believe yeah. that. However, the other things I believe about God, which still ties into what you talked about last weekend, about how I am creating this view of God the Father from my experiences. Your circumstances, yeah. My circumstances. The same thing, my theology about God, if if what I if Well, and you know how be much, because right. of the way you grew up in the church, oh, how man, much yeah. that influenced yeah. your view of God and his people and how, how they interact together. How many people are cast out of the church because of a divorce? How mm-hmm. many people are cast out of the church because of a mistake that mm-hmm. they've made when this should be the place where they can come and or find love? whether they were even cast out, they just don't feel like they're welcome yeah. back because of, I've, had, I've heard this so many times. I just, we got in a rut and we got some really difficult life circumstances and some stuff came up and we just, next thing we knew it, we missed like, you know, a month or two and we hadn't been around and we, then we just couldn't feel like we'd go back because we were going to be embarrassed because people were going to be like, where have you been? And like, Mm. you wouldn't be welcomed because it was difficult. And I was like, uh, I hope we never have a place like that. Naturally, that's what, because, well, no, it's because of your traditions or how you grew up, you you put that assumption on these types mm-hmm. of circumstances and say, well, there's not grace. There's not mercy. There's yeah. not redemptive relationships. Like, Graceful community, people in process. When we lose these things, it can easily that's why it's turn so important. into that. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Well, that's, I mean, we're, I will be getting into kind of that topic as you were kind of hit it on it. I was like, Oh yeah, this is great. Keep giving me some stuff to talk about. <laughs> Cause when, when I talk in two weeks about uh, putting religion in its place, that's a huge problem with religion is, there's no room for grace. There's no room for mercy because it's like, oh, I, hold on. I have this theology I have to stick with. And there's things that if you do it, I have to separate myself from you because that's a sin. And I can't do that because I'm now righteous and perfect. It's like, no, you're not. You're still, you still mess up too. Maybe not in the same way that that's happened, but you're still messing up. We're all people in process. I mean, not to use this phrase over and over again, but we are. And when you, when you lose sight of what God had done for you and the way that you've been forgiven and it keeps you from forgiving other people, there's a problem there. And that's what the Pharisees had too. That's when he launched into to the forgiveness talk, you know, seven times 70. Mm. And he's like, well, how often am I supposed to forgive somebody? They're going to keep wronging me. And he gives them this just number, but essentially it's like, just keep infinity. Forgiving. Yeah. Keep forgiving them constantly. Yeah. That's what Jesus does for us. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful point. I don't know where you got it from that topic, but yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. It was no, I love this. Yeah. Let's see the, um, we kind of talked about the personal interest in people. 
Um, we didn't go real deep into, and I don't know if we necessarily need to right now, but the whole like that God can sometimes use your pain to show his power. There's a point, uh, <clears throat> there's a pastor in Montana named Levi Lesko. He wrote a book on that kind of topic right there called Through the Eyes of a Lion. Great book. If you are looking for something to it's read. named after his daughter. Yep. Lenya. Lenya. It was her name meant lion. Yeah. So she uh, she passed away from like an asthma attack two days, the day before Christmas, two days before Christmas. It was He's a pastor of a fairly large church in Montana. So Christmas is a big deal, as you know from what we do here too. And his daughter passed away and he still taught on it. And so he's gone through the, it was a, this is a couple years after when he finally wrote this book, but about what God uh, did through this pain, how God revealed himself through this pain. And one of the chapters is called, uh, it's like embracing your megaphone or something. And it's that people lean in when you're going through pain. That's when the rubber meets the road, when they're going to say, wait a minute, is what he's talked about? Most of your most transformative stories come mm, out of pain absolutely. and suffering. Yeah. Because that's when it becomes real. Anybody can say, oh, God's got my back. He's great. I know that he's faithful. Anybody can say that in good times. But when life gets hard, when you lose your job, when a spouse or a loved one passes away, when complications with a child come up, that's when you really have to choose to worship. That's when you have to choose to believe what you say. Yeah, and you started explaining that a little bit detail when you were introducing us to the song, There's Another in the Fire. Yeah, absolutely. There's Another in the Water, Holding Back the Sea. Yeah, that yeah, it's in that time like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego they they had to decide like we have to head on. We have to embrace this head on this suffering that is going to occur. We're facing the end of our lives right now. We know it's going to be an immediate grab us. We're going to the fire. You're going to throw us in. We're going to do the right thing. People are going to notice that. You know that that crowd of people around them is like there is no way that they're really doing this. And then they saw it. And then they <laughs> You better believe life change that happened from that. Nebuchadnezzar's life changed completely from that. He's, yeah. he's the son the of God. kingdom's life. Yeah, exactly. Babylon. Because they did the right thing. People lean in in that moment of pain. And uh, God did an amazing thing by revealing himself, you know, standing in the midst of the fire with them. But to Levi Lesko's point, it's like your people in that situation, your friends are going to lean in. They're going to say, what's going on? And that he goes further. He doesn't say that's when they're going to kind of see what your life is like. He says, no, that's your megaphone. It's your microphone. You can yell it out in that time. That's the best time you have to be a witness for God. Yeah. Because it's everybody's listening then. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. And I was, you know, trying to like briefly refer back to like the wolves. And mm-hmm. that's the you megaphone did. now. There's so many stories. I, I have a, a guy I know who's a friend who's had cancer for like 10 plus years mm. and continually going through treatment. And I've watched him like share the gospel over and over again. He's like one of the nicest, coolest people. And you're like, oh my gosh, your life mm. is miserable. Yeah, You're constantly in treatment. Your body's constantly falling apart. And then here's the craziest part. He heard about another friend who just got a diagnosis of cancer. I was like, man, I really wish I could take that from him. Hmm. Because I'm pretty good at it now. I've been doing it for like 10 years. And you're like, who? Who yeah. is it? I mean, that's literally power in the midst of pain. That's an interesting phrase. How many times do we say, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy instead of, man, I wish I could take that for you? Because I'm good at it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's literally what it was. He goes, I'm, I'm good at it. We don't, that's not something you teach. I'll take that from someone else. We yeah. don't train up our children to be, hey, you, have you ever thought about that you can... It's kind of that empathetic conversation that we had last year on the podcast even. But 
we don't train necessarily like, hey, you can take somebody's pain. You know, yeah. you can lean in with them. It's kind of like, no, you want to avoid that bad stuff at all costs. For sure. Well, I've had a saying for years that I've, I, I tell people about all kinds of circumstances where it's everyone should do this, but nobody should do this <laughs> because it's just reality. Everyone yeah. should do this because of the fruit and the need of it, because of the growth that takes place. And it's always, and we've mentioned this before in podcasts or just in common language of most often you look back in really difficult seasons of suffering and pain. Mm -hmm. And even though you wouldn't wish it on your worst yeah. enemy, even though you're lamenting and crying out to God in the midst of this and begging like this man, being a beggar, all the, those things on the other side, mm. most often the comment is, yeah, that was really tough, but I wouldn't change any of mm -hmm. it. That's right. It's crazy. Yeah. Because of what, what comes out of it. Yeah. So then that goes to the, everybody should do that. I mean, yeah. put yourself in a situation we, where you could do that, but no one should do it because it's so gross. It's we so hard. spend so much time avoiding suffering, but it's what Jesus and and the writers the of the New up, Testament it's the whole talk pick about. up your cross and bear yeah. it daily. They talk about it constantly. Paul is saying, like, man, you should count it all joy. Well, that wasn't Paul, that was James. But Paul is saying kind of the similar things like, man, you should rejoice when you're going through this suffering because you're sharing the suffering of Jesus Christ. Like this is what he did for you. You get to do that for other people to be a testimony to them by choosing to suffer for doing right. Well, and then that, so that leads itself to the beautiful conversation of, of was, was Jesus more a God man or more a man? And that he felt the suffering or that he, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and it's a really great conversation of like, well, you know, these things because you know, he was God. I think a lot of them, though, was actually more man. Hmm. Well, you see that in the Garden of Gethsemane. I, in Mark, I you see saw the beauty often, of how the... he talks about how we, we shared that story just a couple of weeks ago about how he said this is the spirit supposed to work through me mm. so that he may be glorified through me. Yeah. So it's the work of the Holy Spirit in him that's doing these things. And that's how he's showing who God is in his, is in yeah. his glory. I had never uh, compared the two, but Garden of Gethsemane, the place of the olives, but that it was where you pressed the olives. That's where they would right. be pressed. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's of course where uh, he's sweating the drops of blood. Cause he's under the immense pressure of what's about to happen. And like, man, what he just picked the best places to do things. Like of course, we get to see all of <laughs> the <these>. vineyard. <laughs> yeah. I am the vine. You are the branches. <laughs> wait, wait, I got a great message. Hold on. Can we walk over to this vineyard first? <laughs> can we just chill out right here? Ah, uh, you didn't think I had a plan. Huh? I was here wait, the whole this, time. I got something, but we're not in the right place. Why are we at this wedding again? <laughs> They ran out of wine. This is lame. Wait, wait. Oh. It's my time. It's my Let time. Show. <laughs> I have something for something. this. I prepared something. <laughs> Why are all these people here again? They should go home and eat. Well, hold on. Hold we on. should feed where, them. Where are those fish? I left those fish somewhere. <laughs> I had something for this. Uh, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> who would have thunk Why it? Why are we out here? It's storming. Oh, I'll just tell it to be calm. No, no. For him, he was like, guys, I'm trying to sleep right now. Yeah, Can yeah. you stop waking me up? I know you want me to talk hey, about little this. little faithers. <laughs> you guys are annoying me right now. I, when I was going through Mark again, I remembered one of my favorite parts. This wasn't, wasn't when he walked on the water, but it's when he, uh, they're in the storm in the boat, and Jesus is, it was right after the 5,000, and he's on, on land over here. And when the storm's coming, it says that he was walking on the water. He came out walking on the water, but he meant to pass them. <laughs> to get yeah. to the other side. Yeah, it's almost like he was like, oh, hey, you guys are out here too. After earlier it said he move? had seen him. <laughs> He's like, oh, you guys saw me out here? Like, I just was going <laughs> to walk right by you and you didn't even notice. Sneaky Jesus. That's April Fool's, man. Sneaky he got him. Sneaky <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Was that was that last year? Um, Easter was on April Fool's and we were going to do a whole like 
JK. Oh, it was. Did he? Did he? <laughs> He's like, I'm dead. JK. <laughs> it's empty. But yeah, that, that would have been that would have been great. I'm sure everybody would have loved that. As long as there was purple flowers. Mm. I think I'm gonna go purple this year for Easter. Are you? What should I wear? I don't know, but I'm something Arizona Aztec print. No, I'm my my wife is begging me to throw some color in for Easter. Your wife and everyone else. She basically here. was like, "You're having Easter on paper plates when you dress like that for Easter." And I was like, "Oh wow, you're cutting deep. Show some ankle, man." No. <laughs> Roll those pants up. All right. Well, I think we finished for today because now we're digressing. <laughs> we're we're going back to where we started. That's how you do the, the episode. Podcast. If this is your first time, this is how we do it. We start so with chicanery, chicanery, and then we end it with it. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for being here. If you miss any of the messages, you want to miss. If you've missed any of the podcast, go back, listen to them. Let us know what you think. You can watch the sermons on our YouTube channel. And Cake as Christian always, Fellowship. if you have subject you want us to talk about, yeah. we keep kind of offering that out there. We've teased our Come own, on. but we're not getting any feedback about like, hey, we would love to talk. Yes. They're saying it's hard enough for us to listen to you for 45 probably. minutes already. It is <laughs> Don't probably give me the another case. one to Wasting listen to. Wasting my life. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I didn't talk about a spit as much as I could have. Oh, thank God. Yeah, it's a good time to end it. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> we'll, Love uh, you. We'll see you on Sunday.